ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Presented by Zadok Jewelers. KFNC and KFNC HD2 on Bellevue, Houston. This is Moneyline. This is Moneyline. This is Moneyline. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Yeah, we made it. You just talk. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Lights, camera, action. Hello, world. Welcome into Moneyline on a beautiful Father's Day Sunday. We are in the house. We are back. And that's the statistician, my partner in grind at Josh Jordan 97.5 is where you can find him on Twitter, Josh Jordan. What's going on, Jerry? Nice to be back, my man. Took a week off. Now we're ready. Let's do this. And we happen to come back at the perfect timing because the Astros are on a win streak, right? And every week we always like to start it off with the good guys, right? Because that's what we're going to call them. No matter what they try to throw at them, they're still the good guys to me. But the best guys behind the glass, what's going on at Aaron is Blitz where you can find them on Twitter. Aaron. What's up, guys? How you feeling today, man? I know, uh, I know that uh, we only get to see you every so often, once, maybe once a month, maybe twice a month when we get lucky. How are you feeling about this win streak? I'm going to start it off straight right there. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. How are you feeling about the Astros right now, my man? Dude, it is live. It is. This, this is the problem: is that you have the A's that are still ahead, one game ahead in the division. But you look at who the A's are playing. They are playing the Girl Scouts with baseball bats. They have gone through the easiest, most cupcake part of the schedule, whereas right before this run, everybody went, oh, well, you know, the Astros are only half a game out, and they're about to play like six of the ten best teams in the league. If they come out of this at 500, they'll be good. And now they're just going through and tearing through these lineups that ESPN and MLB Network have all gone, oh, well, these are your top contenders. Even Vegas goes, oh, these are your top contenders right now to win a World Series. And the Astros are going through them like a hot knife through butter. Making everybody look stupid. Yeah, every now and then they'll drop one game, but they are just raking at the plate, and they are locked in, especially on offense. But defensively, too, they're handling their business, which nobody really thought they would with the current rotation they have. I feel you, man. As far as the bats, right? Let's check it out. Leading the majors in runs, hits, average, OPS. Like, what else do we need as far as we were struggling with the arms a little bit, as far as health, as far as who can we trust on the back end. And that's what March, as far as the starters, they were doing their thing as far as the back end. But whenever you have your bats giving you runs as they're doing now, everything is all gravy. We talk about not getting too high or too low. It's a long baseball season. We know that. But to where you're saying right now, and yes, we're going to talk about Bregman's injury. He's coming out and saying uh, he's using the word frustrating. Because there's not really a, a timetable right now. It's a 10-day. But who knows where we go from here. But other guys are stepping up. The bats aren't the problem. <laughs> no. They are crushing the baseball, man. And, man, Fromber looks legit, dude. And <laughs> I, I like him. I know. He is my favorite to watch. Whenever it's Fromber pitching, I get so excited. Like, I think he's... He's exactly what he was in the playoffs last year. He's one of the best pitchers in the American League. And he I mean, can go deep. Yes. 
That's what I like about them. Now, maybe what in that seventh, it got a little bit of, it got a little sweaty, and they and they made good contact on a few. I think two of the outs got to the to the track, but uh, you you have confidence in him when he's out there. When you know he's on the mound, you have confidence. High leverage situations, I have confidence in him. And as as long as you can get him some kind of run support, I like where this is. What two weeks ago when we were here, we talked about how did we want the rotation to pan out? How hey if if Fromber is remember they were throwing him at the three or four or five. If they, if Fromber's your three, four or five, he's your number one. <laughs> like oh, come on, man. You and, know, and I, you remember we said we were talking about yes. that. They were like, yeah. Fromber being your three or four, five, I'm like, what? If that's the case, then then you you got gold. Yes. No, man. Look, and I get why Grinky is considered the number one, but I feel like that's more just kind of giving him respect and name and yeah, that kind of thing. Like if you know you're a betting man, Jerry. I said, here's one game for your life. You want Fromber? You want Grinky pitching for you? I'm picking Fromber. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Let's say it's a one game playoff. How they have those in base, and it's a win and get in. Yep. You can pick anybody off your rotation. Who are you going with, uh, Aaron? One guy off your rotation to start? Frommer, 100%. He is, this, yep. He's now proven that the these old money, old man pitchers that they have on that rotation, once they start moving out, it looks like he's going to be the ace and he's going to take over this rotation and be your point man going forward for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and i got to give him credit for... For coming back, you know, not having the surgery on his finger. You know, we, we thought we might lose him for the whole year. And look what he's doing, man. Like, I love this guy. He, he's a great, great pitcher. Astros really found something with him. 713-780-3776. We want to know your thoughts. How would you set this rotation? How high or how low do you have Fromber? How much confidence do you have in Fromber? Shout out to everyone hanging out, though, on Twitch right now. Alex Villanueva says, yo, happy good morning. Or, or good morning, happy Father's Day. I'm driving back from Fort Worth. Happy Father's Day to you. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there celebrating your day out there. I know uh, I know all year long you, you do your thing too. You know, we celebrate a lot of things. We do Mother's Day. We do a lot of things. But, hey, today's your day, fathers. And, and, and it usually pans out like my dad, he was still in the barbecue pit no matter what. Like, he's still cooking, I guess, because it's, it's, uh, it's I guess, the, the true barbecue guy, you know, the, the pit master, he doesn't. He doesn't look at it as work. He's like, hey, I don't want anybody else touching this meat. I got this. He's just sitting out there, you know, just kind of watching the meat, drinking a beer. It's not that bad. Maybe drinking a little bit of better beer yeah. just because it's Father's Day. But, yeah, don't mess with him. Let father, you let the dad in your life do whatever that is uh, that he likes to do. But shout out to all you guys out there celebrating today. Chuck D, hey, let's do this because let's. I want to switch gears before we keep talking baseball. Ding dong, the witch is dead is what I'm getting right now from the text line. Uh, Harden, <laughs> I'm gonna switch right there because it makes it, it, it's funny, man. Because yesterday when he went out, did you look at it? The Nets were eliminated last night, overtime game. Uh, let's call it a movie like game, a, a game seven that goes to overtime. The Nets go down yesterday. I see a lot of Rocket fan rejoicing, saying, Hey. Sweet symphony that he only made it to the same round. Uh, how did you feel? Does it make you feel any other way? Does it, do you feel? Do you still feel a certain type of way about James? It, it doesn't look. I don't like the way he got out of town. You know, I didn't dig that. But part of that, I would have felt better if they would have gotten a better trade package for him. I think that's why I'm a little more bitter. It's not about losing James. It's just you didn't even get like a young player to build around for him. So that's why I'm kind of disappointed. But as far as it's you know his success. Uh, you know, we did a sports map video on this. We asked, do you think Rockets fans would be happy for James or do you think 
they would be upset if he right away, you know, forced his way out and then won a championship. And it's it was actually kind of split. But I think the more vocal people are the negative people, right? The, the more vocal people on Twitter are the ones that they're upset with James. They're they're glad to see him lose. Is there ever going to be a superstar in Houston sports that's going to have the grudge, I guess, maybe that James carries? Because like Hopkins, for example, that wasn't his, someone going to say, well, he asked for more money. He should mm-hmm. he should have played his contract. You you saw a lot of that. The guy that was siding with the Texans organization, but at the same time, I don't think that you have a grudge towards him when he caught that touchdown. You know that the hell Mary. I don't think there was much grudge. I think it was more remorse. <laughs> like, yeah, man, I missed that guy kind of thing with Harden. I think that you see a lot of that. A lot of a lot of grudge. You're still seeing that, and I'm not sure if if that's the way I approach it. I think. I mean, I guess it could have gone for sure a different way. The way it ended, the way that you saw him out there partying, and then all of a sudden he came down with COVID, the way you saw him show up out of shape. But then all of a sudden, look how it ended at the same spot, and he was injured this time. And I like that the last sequence of, of, of all that. You got a tired Durant that played 53 minutes, and he passed. And I know James is on, hobbled. He's out there on one leg, let's call it. Yep. But he passed that ball to James. James gave it right back. Like, I don't. I don't want that ball, and I, and I understand. I understand, but he—I mean—he was ten for ten from the free throw line. He was getting to the line, however, he was making it happen. He just didn't want no part of that smoke. And you saw them run out of legs last night when they went down. Well, we talk about this: players that, as they get older, that aren't always in the best shape, they end up getting hurt. And we talked right before the show. We were talking about it. James is that guy that kind of plays his way into shape every year, and now that he's in his thirties. You can't really do that as much anymore. And I'll, I'll, I'll prove an example the opposite direction. Yuli Gurriel said last year he was a little, little overweight, a little out of shape. He had a terrible season. This year he lost 15 pounds. He's in really good shape, uh, shape coming into the season. Look what he's doing. Yuli's having an incredible year. When you get older especially, you got to take care of your body, man. I mean, you see it just not even being an athlete. Mm-hmm. You see how it feels. Uh, how, how's a hangover nowadays? <laughs> right. Like it's it's it lasts three days if you did you know if you went a little extra hard if if you if you're drinking past say one and you still got hard liquor let's say you're still drinking hard liquor and it's one two a.m. Yep, it's gonna put you out of out of commission for two days. It's just the way it is. Your body doesn't recover. And imagine these guys that are putting their bodies through through extra stuff. That's why you got to respect the the Brady's of the world. I mean. This guy didn't—he doesn't eat cheese. Like I didn't even know that till you said yeah. that. He does. To, for you to pass on cheese, I mean, think of all the cheese, the cheese pizza, no queso for this. guy. No chili con queso. <laughs> I mean, that, that. Hey, that's passion for that's the game. That's passion, man. I don't know if I could give up queso. Like I'll give up a lot of things yeah. before I give up cheese. <laughs> Me too. Right. But whenever you start connecting it to inflammation, yep. and things that might set you back in recovery through the week. If you, you know, at that age, it takes your body a little bit longer to recover. And if someone said, hey, if you take that cheese out, Tom, the TB12 program tells him that, then then so be it. Let's see what it does for, for Rodgers now that he's joined the, the coalition. Right. And he did it last year, and then he, he was MVP. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I wonder what it something's me. working. Yeah, I mean, something's working with this thing. But it's no surprise you, you exercise and, and eat well, and you're more healthy. Duh. You know, Yeah, it's like... We should all know this, of course. But, you know, when you're 22, 23, you can get away with that stuff. We hear about, you know, Marshawn Lynch and a lot of the NBA guys that eat candy, nerds, and Skittles and all that stuff all the time. And 
you could do that when you're 25 years old. Not so much when you're 42, 43, like Tom. It catches up quick. It does. And again, I think that's what you have to throw into into the whole. Whenever you judge someone overall for a career, and and, and where do you throw them on what level, what tier? You got to throw in the the longevity and how how productive they were later on in their life. Yeah. Because it makes you know it makes no use if if they only played less than 50 seconds combined. The the big three, they they navigated through this season maneuvering however they wanted to, to to set it up to saying, hey, all we need is to be somewhat healthy when we get there. Mm-hmm. And if we could get home court, cool. If we can avoid these teams, we always figured there was going to be a train wreck at one point or another between the Bucks and the Nets. We knew that they would meet. We would figure unless the Sixers knocked one of them out. But once the, the bracket was set, you knew that they would meet. At this point, is it a success? What the what the what the Nets created hooking up the big three or did you was it was it title or nothing or is it hey let's give it four years and if they can get three titles or or two out of the next four however you you know is yeah. that how you're going to consider this success yeah the, you got to win a title you know when you put a super team together it's not to compete what'd you say James got bounced in the same round that he got bounced when he was with the Rockets. You think he sees that as a success? No way. Are we learning anything about the NBA guys? Like, as far as you try to build a super team, and then we had that problem with Mike D'Antoni here in town whenever it would get to the playoffs. He would shorten the rotation to seven guys. And you'd say, well, what's the point of having all these other guys? What's, yeah. the, what's the point of having depth? What's the point of doing all these things throughout the season if you're not going to, when it matters, Open up that rotation. You saw that 53 minutes from Durant, but then you only saw off the bench uh, Jeff Green. They didn't bring Jeff Green to play 13 minutes. They didn't bring Shamet in to play seven minutes. And Green was incredible a few games ago. So then health is also a problem with him. So then you get to the end, and then you shorten your rotation, and then you say, you know what, Durant, play every minute of that, 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 that previous game. And then in the game that's elimination, you're going to go out there and play 50-something minutes as well. Dude was tired. That's why... It's a game of inches in football, they say, but I say it's it's a game of centimeters in just sports because if you see that that shot from Durant to take the game into overtime, he was going to try to end that. Where he caught the ball against P.J. Tucker, he tried to do a step back. He tried to pivot to the three-point line. After the game, he blames it, quote, on my big-ass feet. <laughs> big-ass feet got in his way. Every inch counts, man. I mean, that, that's it. That's the difference right there. I, I, do you think they'll eventually win one, though, in the next couple of years? I mean, they got, I, I thought they were going to win it this year, but at the same time, that defense was always a, a problem. Mm-hmm. And then you have Joe Harris, which led the league in field goal and three-point percentage, right? He was the three-point shooter of the season, and then he gets to the playoffs and he can't shoot. That's the problem with basketball or anything. But it's per, I, I say specifically basketball because – when they shorten these rotations, it's like during the season, they're more scared to let a young guy fail than to have an old guy fail later on. You know what I mean? Like let the guy fail young early, learn, so then later on you can use him and he, and he, and he knows how to get out of those situations. And when you're shortening your, your, your rotation and then all of a sudden you're saying, you know what, well, we don't even believe in these Shamit only seven minutes, green 13 minutes. You say, you know what, Durant, we're going to go out there and die with you. And then Harden doesn't want no smoke. He didn't want none of that last shot. So it goes down to Durant. Why did that shot come up short, so short, the last one? He didn't have any legs left, right? <laughs> no legs. I mean, he played a bajillion minutes over the last no few legs. games. No legs. Yeah, no legs. Airball. Nash. What does Steve Nash do with a with a 
with a power team or, or a super team like he had, you had depth. When they added guys, they added Joe Harris. He was the guy that everybody wanted. They added pieces, and it still didn't work. It doesn't work that way. You have to have a complete team, and, and that's what we learned last night. And a little luck comes into play, always. right? You know, just the, the luck of staying healthy at the right time. There's always a little bit of that in the mixture of championships. Harden haters rejoice. Harden haters, the trolls, they're drinking it strong today because he went out in the second round as well. I'm just going to leave it, leave it to karma, man. Whatever's going to happen to him, hey, it happens, but... You listen to Moneyline here on ESPN 97.5. Gave you everything I love. ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back. It's Father's Day. Shout out to all the fathers hanging out today, getting the festivities going, whether it's you on the barbecue pit, whether they're cooking for you, whether they're taking you out. It's your day, so enjoy it. Hopefully I can put some money in your pocket because I got a little bit of Father's Day picks just for you. We have a big basketball game on the horizon. We have a few Euro games kicking off in 40 minutes. A little bit of everything, and I've got a few winners for you. 713-780-3776. Hey, Dallas Keuchel, a, a fan favorite. Um, I saw the picture with him and McCullers talking. It, it gets you in the feels a little bit, right? Little because bit. you think back to Dallas Keuchel and what was he for this organization. You knew eventually he was going to get his money. I didn't. Did you ever see Keiko as a, a lifelong Astro? Early, early, I thought that could be the case. But once they gave all his money to Justin Verlander, uh, the writing was on the wall. You know, they, they can't pay everybody. Yeah, you started weighing your options like, yeah. oh, Keiko, Verlander, Verlander. And now. I love you, Dallas. I mean, what, that extension was signed in 2019, but man, 2020 and 2021, I get like one start out of Verlander. You know, he might have been better off with Keiko just because of injury problems. True. But, you know, you can't know that. You go back to, you think about Keiko and you talk about that 2015 season. That was a season I remember, and he talked about that specifically. This is what he had to say about that season in 2015 when I believe is, is the one that sticks out to me. It was the first time in a while that the Astros were really relevant, so the fans really got on board. And that's, I mean, that's really the truth of it. Um, I had, a, I had a decent year, which was nice, but it was more towards getting to the playoffs. And then, obviously, the moments in New York winning the wild card game were just super special. So that's just something that will never, never take, take away from us. We have to think back at a time. I know now it's, it's spoiled to be an Astros fan, right? You, you're spoiled over the success they've, they've had in recent. I mean, they make their runs every, every season. You're making your run, right? But if you think about those seasons, let's go back to 2014, before that season, you know, that he talks about 15. Let's think about the 13s, the 12s, you know, some of those 100 loss seasons. It was tough being an Astros fan then. It's tough. Now that's why, I mean, you many times you could have bought a cheap ticket and moved down. You could still do that sometimes. But for now, I mean, someone's in that seat. You might get that seat for an inning, but someone's going to come to that seat eventually. It's just a different game than when Keiko was here. And that's why I think that I love Altuve so much because he was here during the bad times, you know? And he's still here during these times. And I posted the other day, I said, Altuve hater must be furious. 
Like he's got he's got to be furious to be to see to see the way things are panning out. And, and I think maybe last season was a lot mental. It had a lot to do mental. He was. Yeah. I don't think he's he's used to ever being the bad guy. I don't think he's ever had to be the bad guy. I don't think he's ever dealt with that in his life. And then for once, people were coming at him. I think it took him a little bit of a of a mental hurdle to jump to say, you know what? Like I, I need to block that out. I think that the off season and, there, and and maybe the right people around him. It seems like they got to him and said, you know what? Who cares? Like it's not going away. And yesterday after the game ended, I saw him and Carlos Correa. They go to each other and they do their little handshake. And I was more looking at his face. And, and I like to read, you know, people. And I was like, man, he's having fun. Yeah, like. That's a guy that's having fun again. Last season, it was a lot of stress. It was. But, I, like, the scandal thing, I think you're totally right. There was a lot of stress from that. I think that was one of the reasons he didn't have a great year last year. A lot of Astros didn't have a great year last year. Bregman's numbers were down, too. I think it was also the COVID thing. Like, what was there exciting about playing baseball with no fans? You can't leave your hotel room. You, you know what I mean? And you're worried, am I going to get sick? Is my family okay while I'm out on the road? It's a weird season. Plus, you have the scandal on top of you also. I, I think it was all those things factoring in. Now, it, it's back to a little more back to normalcy, right? A bunch of fans in the stadiums. They're playing well. So, I think it was a mixture of things. My man, Lamont. Shout out to Lamont. Happy Father's Day to you. He says, the irony in Keiko and Verlander, it was Keiko who blasted the Astros for not making a deal at the first deadline. Very instrumental yep. in bringing in Verlander. It's true. <laughs> and then they gave Verlander all of Keiko's money. So he's like, whoa, be careful whoa, whoa, what you whoa. asked for. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah. Remember, like, Keiko ended up, like, waiting late and signing, what, with the Braves, I think, kind of late for that one-year prove-it deal. And then he got the deal with the Sox. So how how things could have been very, very different. But I think it all worked out for the best. You needed Verlander for that World Series run, no doubt about it. And shout-out to all the fans getting out to Minute Maid Park today. Shout-out to Dr. Dre on 290. Happy Father's Day to you. He's out there with his son. Today's Correa jersey giveaway. (laughs) I mean, leave the bobbleheads aside. Correa jersey giveaway. Maybe enjoy it for one year, though. Yeah, it's (laughs) looking might be one that goes on the wall because that man is going to get paid. Yes, he is. He is. (laughs) And a lot of the other top free agent shortstops have been dealing with injuries this year and, and haven't been playing quite up to their potential. So Correa looks like the top option there. He's going to make some money. Aaron, where were you on the fence whenever the money came, as the money he was asking for and when the Astros offered him? Were you on the fence, uh, on the side of the fence that said, hey, that's enough money what they're offering you, take it? Or, are you, or were you saying, man, this is a bargain? Like, how do you view this whole thing as to where he is now? Does anything change as far as perception as is, you know what, I take it back? Because me, for example, at that point, I was like saying, man, that's enough. Now I'm thinking, all right, I take it back. Maybe they should pay him. Where are you at? Uh, originally, I I thought it was going to be enough, depending on how he did. Uh, I know how much he wants, or as as rumored that, you know, he wants a, a Frankie Lindor $300 million type deal. I don't think he's anywhere still near that. I think there's a middle ground somewhere between what they offered. Because, I mean, you got to look. The last couple contract negotiations they were doing, now granted, Luno was doing them. You had Altuve, who signed for not what he was worth, under what he was worth. You had Bregman, who signed under what he was worth. Now, Bregman also has a good agent who got him plenty of endorsements on the outside. So, he wasn't giving up too much on the uh, on the dollars front. And he'll hit free agency again before he's 30. Exactly. Um 
So I think everybody looked at it and were like, oh, well, they can just, like, everybody wants to take a pay cut to stay with the Astros. No, we knew he wasn't going to take a pay cut, but I don't think he's going to be worth the let's tie up $300 million over the next 10 years with this dude type of money. And unless something happens where he, yes, he's doing well at the plate, unless he goes on an absolute Mike Trout type tear for the rest of the season, I think he might actually end up doing the same thing that Keichel did of going, well, screw you guys. You don't want to pay me. Somebody will. And he gets out there and every team goes, we're not giving you $300 million. We'll talk at 250. We'll talk at 260. But $300 million, you're out of your damn mind. I think that's fair. And the other thing, too, is do you really consider Correa as the the best player on the team, the best hitter? Because that's what you're going to have to pay him as. Well, that's where I was going with this because for a while there, okay, when he came in, he was supposed to be that guy, right? He was supposed to. I mean, he's a bona. F- he is a superstar. Maybe, yeah. so maybe because the market. But the Astros aren't looked at like that anymore. Once they start punching people in the mouth and they won the World Series, they might try to look at us like, "Hey, they're the little guys, the little market." But people know who the Astros are now. Yeah. Okay. For better and, or worse. And you can tell. Yeah, you can tell them. <laughs> yeah. You you can put him in the superstar conversation. Right. I mean, sure. now there's the Tatisas of the world, the Lindors of the world. Can he touch that? Would he be that if he was in the New York market putting up what he does? I think we would put him there. Just overall, what he is viewed as nationally. Yes. But then whenever you talk about this team around that, let's say that 18-19, 2018-2019, when Bregman was hitting 31 home runs, when Bregman hit 41 home runs, you started questioning yourself and saying, and and I know we had it here. I think there was a, 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 a Palillo um what is it, a promo that would run all the time? And he mm-hmm. talked about it like, right now, where would it be? You know, Charlie Pluto said, who would you take? Because if somebody asked you this just a year or two back, you would say, man, Correa's going to, I would. But then at that point when that was made, I wouldn't forget that promo because I would always ask myself, would I keep Bregman? Is Bregman the best guy? Like, going to your point, if you pay him that much, you're paying him as the best. Yeah. It, do you have him that far ahead of Bregman? Because you can't have both of them out there. Like I don't, you can't pay both. They're not not that you can't. The Astros won't. Let's yeah. let's word it that way. The Astros won't. They don't like doing those mega deal ten year contract. And I can't blame them. Most of those usually blow up in your face. The last three or four years of the deal, it's it's usually terrible for the team. So I can't blame them for that. I'm more comfortable doing it with a batter rather than a, a pitcher, though. Like these long ones you see with like Cole, for example. Yes. I don't know what his arm's going to be like towards that back end, right? I don't know if he's going to require some surgeries. And and I'm not. I don't advise it doing with. With a with a with a hitter, you know, as well. But but I'm more confident in doing it rather than a pitcher. I, I get that, but man. You you really beat up your body playing shortstop in the big leagues too. You know, and every day. And we've seen with Correa, if he had stayed healthy all these seasons, we wouldn't be talking about if they should pay him that money. Injury issues have have been something. You know, it's been consistent with him. And if you're talking about giving somebody an eight year guaranteed contract. Injuries, Injuries is, is a big deal. It's at the top. Yes. Whenever the negotiations go down, you have to throw in that as well. Like, so what about these injuries? Here? Yeah. What about these missed games? Like, if, the, if there's anything that's not guaranteed in sports is, is health. You just, I'm not going to say it's a crapshoot. We talked earlier about uh, earlier about maintaining your body. Uh, yeah. and, 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 and whenever you get past 30, how to do things. But it's still, at one point or another, those freak injuries. Kyrie coming down on an ankle. Those are freak injuries. You can't do anything about them. You can't. But you also see a trend of injuries with Correa, at least up until now. But that's when he's been like 25 years old. Imagine when he's 35. It's not going to be better. we got to get the factor in. Correa will likely get injured. That's what we're hearing from Twitch. People are agreeing. 
that played into the context of these negotiations. Let's get it popping here. It's Sunday morning. It's a Father's Day Sunday. This is ESPN 97.5, and you're live with Moneyline on a Sunday. To call into the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. Dial the phone. Disappointed by your HR and payroll technology? Maybe you need to outsource your administration. Go to hrp.net to learn more. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. You heard what he said. It's Moneyline. It's Sunday morning. Josh Jordan at Josh Jordan 97.5. I'm Jerry Bowe at Jerry Bowe knows with an S because they got me. Again? I shouldn't even be here. I'm in jail right now. Oh. They let me out for for two hours on for a conjugal. Yeah, <laughs> I told them I knew Jack Easterby, and I would be back in a few hours. I mean, I'm I'm celebrating Father's Day in Twitter jail, oh. all for a the the country of Hungary scores a goal. I didn't even get the game footage. I just did the the, the celebration where the player jumps over, go runs through the sideline, jumps over. A barricade of something. I don't know why there's a lady there with a table set up and she's on mic, so I don't know what she's doing. I don't know if she's calling a game. I don't know. I don't know why that table's there. He runs up on her just so excited. He slaps a water bottle off the table. She's looking at him like, oh my God, she's just like stunned. I'm thinking, what if the water bottle would have hit her? I know that was an intention. And it's just, it's just chaos. So I just catch the clip, maybe a five-second clip, like I do everything. Yeah. I do I do clips all the time. Somebody reported me. Not only reported me, but it's somebody overseas again. Remember last time it was a German guy? Yes. Last time I spent a month trying to chase down a German guy, I finally got a number to this guy. <laughs> Remember? Yeah. Nine. Nine. Yeah. Nine. Remember? I was like, <laughs> du hast. Like, I didn't even know how to communicate. I just kept saying, at Jerry Monos with a Z, please retract the violation, I need my cow back. I ended up calling somewhere along the lines of maybe 15 times. Remember my yeah. bill came around? Yes. It was $132 to call Germany that many times because they would put me, they would communicate with someone, and then it was basically, I was thinking they were saying hold because they would just boom, and then all of a sudden some music would come on, and it wasn't like our type of hold <laughs> music. <it> Ramstein? Like, I don't know what was going on. All I know is that bill came up. I don't know if they understood. I don't know if just if they lifted my suspension because I, I, time served. But here I am again, spending Father's Day. I mean, send soups. Send shout out to whoever put commissary on my, you know twenty dollars on my books for Father's Day. I don't even know who you are. But as soon as I leave here, I got to go back. I need my account um, at Jerry Bono's S. My burn. I got a flip phone uh, <laughs> behind bars. Just. Just hit me up. I, I need my I need my stuff back. But if anyone's wondering right away, I, Tyler tweeted and I could see it's like it's like I'm in jail, but they, I got a little window and I could see y'all playing, eating with the family because I see Tyler say, "Hey, hit him up on his burner," and it and it lets me see with the post. And someone's like, "Hey, what did Jerry Bowden?" And I see people shouting out, "People, people love me," and, and I'm thinking, "I see y'all playing. I'm in jail." Mm-hmm. So this is where we are right now. Jerry Bowden knows with an S. I lost all my followers. Man, 
you keep upsetting people in Europe. Like, what, what the hell is going like, on? Like, can't it be somebody in Chicago? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like, so I could communicate yes. and tell them that I'm, it won't happen again? Yeah. Then it goes down. I remember last time, the way I got it settled, and I don't even know if that's what worked, but they made me, remember they were talking about under Section 23, Law point five eight. I say that basically under the laws of perjury, if I'm remember all that, I had, I had mm-hmm. to basically make statements to get my account back. And it took me maybe five weeks. I hope to, this is terrible. This is during Euro cup. This is ridiculous. And I never understand like what gets flagged and what doesn't, you know, I see people sharing videos of games that they don't own the rights to all the time. Porn. Yes. All the time. Like how is that guy? And I reported, I mean, I won't name any names, but just think about in the local market, certain reporters that film one of the local games, Astros or whatever, on their television That's, and then share it on Twitter. I see that all the time. It's soccer guy coming down. Yeah, you know, soccer like, guy. Soccer guy is like, no. Dos! <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what is this? And, and then they give me his contact. Like, Twitter says, this is the person. First off, they give you the, the, the post that was reported. Then all the shares. So it's like, man, y'all, y'all incriminated me. You mm-hmm. know, like... Y'all told on you. But I was feeling myself, right? Because as soon as I posted that, I'm talking about, like, I don't know. I was a hot ticket in India, I guess, because one Indian guy that had a bunch of followers, he retweeted it in, in their language. I hit translate, and, and it still wouldn't break it down on Twitter what this guy said. And then he retweeted, and I was a hot ticket in the Middle mm. East, a hot ticket in Africa, like all those countries. You're international, man. I was feeling myself. I said, hey, this is what I need. This, this is I was having random names following me. Like I, I'm telling you, it, it, in a matter of thirty minutes, it was in the two hundreds, three hundreds that post of of retweets. It was quick. Like people were sharing it. Yeah, it was a it was a great moment. It was. And then now you, you got to pay the price for it. I would think if you just deleted the post, why wouldn't they just give you your account back? And I you know did. I, yeah. And I did. So at first uh, they sent me a warning, and I think it was it, they they punished me for mine. And then as soon as all these jerks started retweeting. Then they were hitting me with the penalty. Mm. You know, I, I was taking the fall for everyone else. You're the fall guy. Chris Carter was right. You, you got to have a fall guy. You got to have a fall guy. And and let's that, that, let's transition to Watson. Yeah, let's he, transition. Because <laughs> he needs a fall guy. He needs a fall something. He does. This is getting interesting. We Tony Busby comes out this week. We finally kind of hear something, right? Because it's been quiet for a while. But Busby makes it known that you know if you're expecting for a settlement to happen anytime soon, don't hold your breath. That's essentially what he said. And according to Mike Florio, it's his opinion that what this is really about is the the disclosures, you know, how the, the defendants don't – or the uh, plaintiffs, I should say, they don't want all the information out there. They want everything kept quiet once everything's resolved, whereas Deshaun and his camp want everything to be transparent. He thinks that's still the hang-up. He thinks that's what's still keeping this thing from getting negotiated and that – you know, Busby's just saying this stuff to to kind of spark the, the conversation again, and he thinks that's what's holding it up. I mean, the one thing I did think that was very interesting that Florio said is that the NFL needs to let the Texans and Deshaun and any team that's interested in trading for him, let them know if they're going to put him on the exempt list yeah. if, if nothing changes between now and training camp. Like, just just let them know what they're dealing with. Do you agree with that? Yeah. And we kind of know that there's not going to be oh, any criminal charges. We, we, we're we figuring because the depositions aren't scheduled. Watson's is later this year. Not till February. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. February. And then the, the, the women involved, they're later on this year. So 
we're talking about February. Yeah. So at this point, it's in Goodell's hands because say there is no criminal charges, he could still find that there's something that was broken, and and then there there's a certain few words when it comes to a felony and it comes to sexual abuse and things like that that fall into a list, right? That he can. It's it's the sole discretion of the lead to put you on the on the exemplars. Yes. They need to let the Texans know at this point. What else are they going to learn from here to 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 training camp? See, that's that's where I agree with you. It I don't until Deshaun has to go give a, a statement on the record in February. I, I don't know if much is going to change during this season. And here's where we had some arguments about this on Sports Map. Do you think there's a possibility if if the Texans knew that Deshaun wasn't going to be put on the exempt list, that a team might want to trade for him? And, and here's why I bring that up. Uh, the natural answer would be to say, well, no, no team's still going to want to trade for him because they're going to be worried that he's going to get suspended or you know that he won't get to play and they don't want to trade for a guy that's not going to get to play. But stay with me here. If things go the way they're going and the NFL says, we're, we're going to wait until this is resolved with Deshaun before we do anything, we're not going to put him on the exempt list. That means to me that he should be able to play every game this season, right? In that line of reasoning. So if you're a team like the Dolphins or the Eagles, would that be tempting to you? Like knowing that they're not going to put Deshaun on the exempt list, the Texans might be interested in trading him, and yeah, something later could happen with Deshaun, but for 2021, it looks like he'll be able to play every single game. So maybe you would be tempted if you're the Eagles or the Dolphins to be like, okay, well, if we know we have him for this year, we'll worry about next year, next year. And let's make a move. You know, with the Texans, maybe you take two first-round picks instead of three, you know, maybe next year. Maybe maybe if you wait a year and his legal stuff's behind him, you have more value for Deshaun. But then that means you have to wait that whole year as the Texans with this whole, you know, hanging over your head. Whereas if you could trade him now, maybe for two firsts to the Eagles or Dolphins, and they know they get him for the whole year. And here's the other thing, right? A lot of these teams that are thinking about trading for Deshaun, they're worried about how their fan base is going to receive him, right? Also. Well, if he goes out and balls out this entire – say he went to the Eagles and had a great season, and then you know you worry about his legal stuff next February or March. Do you think Eagle fan, is if, if Deshaun has a great year for them, that they're going to care as much about Deshaun's legal trouble if they saw him play a great year for their team? Not Eagles fans right? in particular. You yeah. should have up another team. Exactly. Eagles like, I, yeah. I love him. Here's my daughter. Exactly. So that's why – you know, I kind of wonder, I, I agree with Florio here. The NFL just needs to just let them know. And maybe they have behind the scenes and Florio and we're not aware of it. But I think they need to let them know. That's the right thing to do. Now, if Watson believes he'll be placed on paid leave, what happens when he shows up to training camp? Then he's going to get that $10 million. Right. Now, the Texans believe that he is going to be paid and put on paid leave that's what I think is the key number here, ten million, because that's where they could off him. They trade him. Someone else has got to pay that ten million, right? And and Florio brought this up. It was very smart on his behalf. We've seen the Texans do something like this before, where they didn't want to pay a quarterback. Remember Brock Osweiler? They didn't want to pay him, so they traded him to the Browns and sent a second round pick stapled to his forehead to get out of his contract. So we've seen the Texans trade a guy just to get out of his contract, a quarterback even before. So if the Texans know like we don't want to pay him that 10 million, you know, let's trade him, they might be tempted to do that if they get a good offer, but teams aren't going to do it if they think the NFL could, 
day after tomorrow, just be like, no, nope, Deshaun, you're suspended for eight games. You know, if teams know that's a possibility, they're not going to do it. So I feel like I wish the NFL would be a little more clear with what their intentions are going to be. Now, if the league could suspend Watson without pay, that would open it up, though, to, okay, now teams know yes. where we're at. That might entice a team to go get him. You look at the Antonio Brown situation, though. That was a mess because he they couldn't realize they couldn't figure out whether he'd be paid, whether he wouldn't. Then it went to de facto, hey, none. He missed fourteen game checks. Yes. To, to at the end of the thing, it got settled. You heard her come out and say he's actually a great human being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, after the money, after that check cleared, after the check cleared, <laughs> yeah. she came out and talked about him. That he, you know, he was a stand up guy. Just everyone commits mistakes and. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Let bygones be bygones while I put on these Gucci shoes. You know, that's what ended up happening. It's exactly what But happened. he missed 14 game checks. He did. And it, it, what's tricky with Antonio Brown's case is, yeah, he had a, a civil sexual assault case going on, but he also had some other legal troubles, too. Many. You know, assault the, the, yeah, cases. Yeah, that were, you know, not just civil cases, you know. So his situation's a little different than Deshaun's. Regardless, someone's paying that $10 million. Yes. To, to so. Watson this year, you you got to think so. Yeah. Someone, whether it's the Texans, whether it's the team he goes to, someone's going to probably pay that $10 million and all this lands on Goodell. Goodell's had what, four months to make a decision. Yeah. Because if no criminal charges are coming, you know when the depositions are set. And right now you're hearing the size of the settlement, even though they settled, that leaves criminal charges out of it. So if there's no criminal charges, the NFL knows where they have to go with this. It's only Goodell. And I think he just... It's just a certain situation with a with a caliber of a player of Deshaun Watson that he um, I guess he doesn't want to aim too high, but at the same time he can't aim too low. He's got to get the the punishment right for both sides because if he doesn't give him enough, guys, people are going to come out and say, "Hey, that's not right. You gave him a pass. If he goes too high, he might be something he regretted." If if it yeah. ends up getting set with like the Antonio Brown thing, they end up coming out and saying, "You know what?" And then when we find out the amount of it, say it's minuscule, you know, mm-hmm. just little amounts. Ten, you know, yeah. twenty thousand here, fifteen thousand here, and you're like, well, that's why Watson wants everyone to know, like, hey, we're talking about ten thousand. Yeah. These people are settling for ten thousand. Like, you're you're thinking this is a hundred thousand, you know, six figure uh, lawsuits. They're not. That's what I think we're playing with right now. It is. I, it feels like Goodell doesn't want to make a mistake, so he's just stalling. And I'm not going to stall anymore. The game starts in twelve minutes. I got to pick as soon as we come back. We're going to the Euro Cup 2020s, what they're calling it. This is Moneyline ESPN 97.5. You're listening to ESPN 97.5. I don't blame you, Don. This week on Sunday Night Baseball. Paul Goldschmidt leads the St. Louis Cardinals into Atlanta to face Ronald Acuna Jr. and the Braves. Sunday at 5 on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Gotta let that part kick in. Welcome back to Moneyline. It's a Father's Day Sunday. Shout out to everyone hanging out on Twitch. Shout out to Titan Hugo, Tony the Handsome. Crystal's always kicking it with us. We really appreciate you here hanging out on a Sunday morning. 713-780-3776. Let me get you to the pick because that game kicks off in eight minutes. I'm going to buy the over two at minus 145 juiced Italy versus Wells. 
Italy's making, I think, seven rotation. They don't even need to win this game to win the group. This is the last game of the group. All they need is a tie. Um, I do believe, though, with the with the win streak that they're on, the current, I believe it's almost, what, 12, 13 games that they haven't lost a match. I believe that they're going to keep, it's a mental thing at that point. It's a, I don't care who's in front of me because if they, they had this win streak throughout friendly games, that means they don't have the mentality of this is a friendly game. They're trying to continue the win streak, trying to keep the momentum going into the knockout stages. So I think they'll play their best game. But some of those rotation is coming in the back in their defense. So I do believe that they gave up a goal. Tony the Handsome says that the Prince of Wales, he's talking about one Bell. And I think Bell might get on the scoreboard, on the score sheet today. And I believe that Italy does as well. I believe that two is at worst a push. I'm buying it over to Italy Wells Euro 2020, and it starts in seven minutes. Get that bet in. Get it in there. Man, You, I'm sure you saw this. Uh, Cole Beasley, he's, he's made some waves the last few days. Are you caught up on all this? Yeah. It, it's. I got a feeling we're going to hear a lot of this, though. Yes, I think we are, too. And he's getting crushed, and in some ways, rightfully so, in my opinion. But... I don't, we'll just get into a few of his statements here. And basically, guys, he's he's upset about the limitations for people that don't take the COVID vaccine in the NFL. Obviously, you have a lot more freedoms if you take the vaccine, you know, because you're less likely to give somebody COVID if you've had the vaccine. It's pretty obvious stuff. But, I mean, these guys can't even really go to bars if they don't take the vaccine, you know, when they're on the road. And, I mean, it's it's going to be just like it was last year for these guys if they decide not to take the vaccine. And it's their choice, but it comes with consequences. And some of his quotes here that he says, I'm not going to take meds for a leg that isn't broken. I'd rather take my chances with COVID and build up my immunity that way. Eat better, drink water, exercise, and do what I think is necessary to be a healthy individual. That is my choice based on my experiences and what I think is best. If I'm forced into retirement, so be it. Like I think it's the way he's wow. wording it also. Yes. Like because if you go to the way he started it, he goes, "Everyone, hi, I'm Cole Beasley. Yeah. I'm not vaccinated." <laughs> That's how he started it. I will be out, and this is and this is a quote, you know, uh, verbatim. Hi, I'm Cole Beasley. I'm not vaccinated. I will be outside doing what I do. I'll be out in public. If you're scared of me, then steer clear. Get vaccinated. Point blank. Period. I may die of COVID, but I'd rather die actually living. I, I do see a lot of his point, not as far as the way he words or anything in that. Uh, once he gets back around to it, like the percentages of me, a guy like me, getting are less than the percentages of me making it to the NFL. Let's think about this. He said, but I'm here. You know, so I, I do feel him in, in little things. But at the same time, it's it's where we have come, uh, the distance of things like the progression that we've made there the last year. It's it's like, man, you're only hurting yourself. Now he's talking about retirement that hey i'll be i'll be well off if, if i didn't play football again which yeah you've made probably enough money and who knows what investment i don't want to get into his 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 investments or whatnot if he has any money, enough money but i'm not i don't see cole Beasley as he's broke the bank in the nfl either either no i mean look he's he's done okay right yeah you know but you know yeah he's not making tom brady money that's for sure but it's just yeah, it's amazing because like I'm gonna I'm gonna live my life. Da, 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 da. Well, if you get the vaccine, you can go out and live your life and do all that stuff. You know that that's where I'm kind of like what? Like I don't I don't really get the point there, but I do understand that if you don't get the vaccine, you're very likely to 
to give it to your teammates. And that's what they're trying to avoid in the NFL this year. And, and he also brought up the whatever happened to God's plan. You know, like, so, you know, he's bringing, God's plan. He's bringing religion into this thing. And, it's, and then immediately people on Twitter were like, what if God's plan was for scientists to come up with a vaccine and, and help the world? You know, like, what about that part of God's God plan? God knows Fauci? Yes. No, no, I'm just joking. Right? So, you know, I thought that was hilarious. But, you know, he's catching a lot of stuff for this. And then Travis Kelsey came out. And said that that he had some concerns about taking the vaccine, but he ended up going ahead and, and doing it. Let me play the devil's card. He's glad card. he did. Let me play the devil's card, though. Let's say that you're one of these athletes, right? And and you've been a real healthy person your whole life, your entire life. You you've you've done. You know, you you believe, man. If I got it, I, I, I'm a, I would be all right. You truly believe that in your heart. What's the risk of putting some? something in your body, a vaccine that hasn't really been tested. You know, a lot of these guys using the, the thing. Notice how whenever you take the vaccine, they make you sign off that you can't ever sue them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which we, everyone that took, I took it, you know, I, I signed off on that. But there's a reason for this, right? Because there's X amount of tests ha- get done on pharmaceuticals before they're passed. There, I don't know how many tests, how much time, how much, how much falls there were before they said, okay, this is right. And that's what a lot of these guys are saying, man, I got to. My body's a temple, like Raheel used to say, you know? I got to watch this body. If I put that in here, is it doing me more worse? Like, I'd rather let I'd rather let it play natural. If I get it, I'd rather build it that way than putting in something. So that's the only way that I, I kind of sit, sit down. And, and, and Joe Mixon came out like, man, we take care of our bodies at a, at a rate that you would never expect. We eat certain things. We do things at a certain... We keep our hearts right. We, we have monitored on our hearts around our homes just to make sure that everything's. And he's like, for me to go put something random in my body that I don't know that they're making me sign off on. So, it, it, you know, you're like, oh, man, I'm not listening to Joe Mixon on advice on anything. He's basically he's Ray Rice, to, but he did it in college. He's liable to punch me. Yeah, if I say exactly. Something. Exactly. And boy, I will not be targeting him in fantasy. And that's fine from a. You know, a health standard where we, you have anti-vaxxers, people that don't want any kind of vaccine. But my point is, do you want to be in a situation, Beasley, like Chris Paul gets put in where he's in some, you know, protocol during one of the most important games of the year? And I know there's, we'll see what actually happens with that. But what if you're in COVID protocol and it's the AFC championship game? Are you going to be happy with that choice then? Sorry, Bills fans. Yeah, you're not playing. What if you give COVID to, to your quarterback? How about that? What if you get COVID during my fantasy playoffs? Yes. And I got you on my team. We're going to get into that on the other side. There is something you can learn as a fantasy football owner from what's going on with this stuff, and we'll get to it on the other side. It's God's plan here on a Sunday morning, ESPN 97.5. Bad things. It's a lot of bad things that they wish and they wish and they wish and they wish and they wish. You're home for sports. ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Real fun sports.